0: I thought of calling this episode, Shut Up, but thinking about my dear mother's advice, I decided on Be Quiet. Author Anne LeClaire chose to be silent for 24 hours at least twice a month. She says it helps her hear herself and her characters. Her reflections on the experience can be found in her book, Listening Below the Noise, a meditation on the practice of silence. <clears throat> in an interview, she talks about a walk on the beach during a day when her best friend's mother was dying and she was in a tender place. When we're tender hearted, she said, we open to the universe that begot in my vocabulary, which is one of the roles grief plays in our life, and I thought about the many things I was grateful for. I thought, I love my husband, friends, and I have enormous privilege of doing what I do for a living. It's not as if I haven't known loss and grief, but even that I'm grateful for because of what it's taught me. As I was thinking about this, I teared up. This is Anne LeClaire, remember, not me. I didn't know what to do. A man behind me on the beach said, sit in silence. I turned around and there was no one there. Nothing like that has ever happened before or since. It was so profound and real, it called me to attention could that mean? And I thought, maybe it just means be quiet. She decided to spend the next day in silence and discovered that her writing that day was smooth and focused. I heard things in myself that normally there's too much chatter to hear. The day slowed down in a way she describes as delicious. At day's end, she felt restored and rested. But the next time she devoted a day to silence, old sorrows appeared, and she came to realize that when the noise stops, whatever we have been running from will catch up. Silence doesn't always bring peace, but it rarely fails to give us something of value. Silence has taught me to listen to myself and to the people around me and to my characters. And here's some related advice I'll call get lost. Fabre de d'Olivet, in a strange and fascinating old book called The Hermeneutic Interpretation of the Origin of the Social States of Man, contended that, quote, "...only in the heat of battle did the ancient Celts, besieged on all side by, sides by demons, find a sort of repose." Though I have not done the DNA thing, my Darcy, who has, claims we possess a lot of Celtic. Also, I believe I have met a lot of the ancient Celts' descendants. Either I attract them, or they attract me, or they're everywhere, like Genghis Khan's descendants. Ever since i felt to felt called to write, I've dreamed of a retreat, a trailer in the desert, a mountain cabin. When I'm at home, no sooner have I landed in the zone than a friend calls to report on some tragedy. Or Zoe comes wanting to bake and we have run out of butter. I spend a few minutes with my friend, then run to the market and afterwards attempt to pick up where I left off. Sometimes I am able. But too many interruptions can sour my spirit, dim my hope, and lure demons out of the labyrinth. Then every phrase I put together might strike me as verbal slop, and every thought can feel like trivia. The pastor at our church recommends that our process of growing closer to God can benefit from times of solitude, and he tells about a hideaway in the desert which some nice parishioners lend him. Okay. I like the guy. I'm pleased he gets to do that. But imagine a single mom or dad with no friends who own and offer a desert retreat. What's this person to do if his or her mind or emotions or art could use a healthy jolt of solitude? How should we answer this person's rent? Yeah, well, just how and where am I supposed to get quiet? When the house is a mess and the bills need paying... And the car's broken, and the kids are bugging me to coach the soccer team, and so on. Go to the desert, I suggest. I mean, a couple days, a few hours, or even some minutes may be all you need. Camp out. Stay at the Motel 6. Wherever you don't know anybody. Or an hour a week in the park might be enough, or a monthly walk in the woods or along some lakeshore or if you can send the family to your in-laws for a few days, unplug the phone and invite the spirit to come visit your home. Every school day morning, I walk Zoe down the hill. Yesterday, I extended the walk to take me to a business meeting at a coffee house. Halfway there, a momentous inspiration came, a clear vision of the hearts and minds of five crucial characters in a novel with which I have been whistling since way back when my hair was full, dark, and long. I vowed to extend my morning walk at least once a week. If I run out of ideas that excite me and a walk or a drive across the desert doesn't leave me inspired, I'll make a trip to Lake Tahoe where the peace and heavenly air might enable the spirit to reach me with enough material to last several years. But suppose the ferret stands me up, even so I would get a glorious trip out of the deal.